Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Thanks for being a listener of the ISO. Apologize for some of the audio difficulties in today's Release with Dallas, Texas-based skills trainer Tyler Relf. Unfortunately, both of our internet connections weren't as stable as we would have hoped. So hopefully um, it comes through well enough and you enjoy it. But thanks for being a listener. Like, subscribe, and review. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports. Guests throughout the world of athletics, typically basketball. Today's one of the best skills trainers that I have come across in watching his videos as well for skills as well as motivational stuff uh, on social media from the Dallas, Texas area, Tyler Ralph. Tyler, appreciate you joining. Uh, you got to be excited to see the season about to kick off with all the guys that you work with and all their hard work about to come to fruition. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always, you know, this is always like a nervous time and almost like, a, a, you know, an exciting time, um, you know, and, and you and me both played and it, it's kind of that same feeling where you get to, you get, you get nervous for your guys, but you're also extremely excited for them. You played at a very high level before, unfortunately, injuries kind of shortened your playing career. So, you know, the butterflies that these guys are going through right now. When you put all the time and effort and preparation in, those butterflies are, are a sign that you care about it. That's the way I look at it. How much time and preparation do you give to these guys now on the phone or text message uh, just to kind of support them in their final prep stages with their teams? Um, you know, I mean, it's different through all the guys. You know, I think you have different relationships with different guys. Um you know, like, I mean, Julius Randle, for example, I mean, just, you know, in general, he's one of my better friends. So, you know, we have constant communication, whether it's just, you know, like he just had a baby and, and you know, stuff like that and just life stuff. Um, but really with like college guys and stuff, I just ask them how they're feeling, if they need anything from me. And, and I let the co- and I let the coaches handle it, um, you know, and, and I'll be there if they need me. But uh, during the season, you know, if I see something maybe like from a technique of shooting or, um, you know, hey, you're missing reads and ball screens or or certain things, I may, you know, hit them up. But, you know, I really I, I respect coaches um, and I let them do their job and, and I kind of just a sounding board if the players need me. I like that because, you know, I, I always compartmentalize different parts of a year for a player where when they're with their team, uh, they need to be focused on team stuff. But then 
outside of team hours, they've got to make sure they're putting in their individual skill work. And then I've always felt that the off season uh, is a time for a player to just dive in on their own individual skills. That's one reason I, I hate the NCAA allowing summer practices now. I think it, it gives coaches too much control. And in the end, it actually hurts them because that's why you're seeing so many grad transfers. Let's go back yeah. to your playing career. You were mm-hmm. a terrific player and you were from you weren't from New York City, from what I understand, but you were the Mr. Basketball in the state of New York. How do they let that award get outside of the New York metropolitan area? Hey man, you know what? It was because I was watching VHSU when I was a little kid. My my and it's crazy because it's it's really cool. And I told my dad, but you were one of the first college basketball players I looked at that we studied. Um, and we and it was funny, we have all these VHS of uh, of your teams and you and I really watched how you played uh, it was you and Jason Williams were my guys and um, and I think I just you know I was a basketball rat my mom was actually a pro um, so it was just in our family and and I think because I was from a smaller town I had a major chip on my shoulder um, you know and and back then there was no social media, as you know, and you didn't really know what was out there at the time. Um, and when I was younger, um, you know, that was the case. So when you would go out, you you would almost be nervous if you were prepared or not. And I think that's kind of like, you know, how I even am now today. It's it's almost that nervousness of am I, am I doing enough to be where I'm at? And I think that pushed me uh, to be the player I was, um, you know, and then, we had some, we had really good teams, man. We had, we had five guys and we ended up winning the state championship. So obviously that helps. And um, we played a national schedule and ended up beating a lot of teams that were nationally ranked. And, um, you know, I was blessed to have a, a unbelievable code state championships and front line. I, I always love hearing coaches and players go back and talk about their high school days. And it sounds like you had a great experience. I, I played for a great high school coach. Unfortunately, I didn't win a state title, but I still look back with fond memories. Your college career, you played for West, at West Virginia, I would assume, for Bob Huggins. Yep. And then you transferred. To Beeline. Play. Oh, you played for Beeline. So you were running a lot of the Princeton offense, a lot of patience, learning the ability to read screens and understand (laughs) spacing. Give us an example about – because I transferred as well. And so you look at the transfer portal now, it's exploded. You transferred when the transfer portal wasn't – isn't what it was as well. If you transferred, there was probably a reason you might have been looked at negatively, but you had to have a belief in your own skills to move on to the next place and have success. What was that transfer like for you, and how do you help guys that you work at the college level go through that right now? Because it's so different. Did I lose you? Uh, yeah, for a second, but you're good. Um, I, you know, I, I think with my situation when I was at West Virginia, I think, you know if you come in as, you know, like I was Mr. Basketball and, you know, my goal was always to play in the NBA. So it was like, if, if things, I felt things were getting in the way of that, um, you know, I kinda, you know, you were young and, and I, I think in college, I, as a freshman, I thought I was better than I actually was. And I think that's a key for kids to really realize 
who you are. Um, and, and when you get to college, you know, high school doesn't matter anymore, you know, and it just doesn't, it, it, you can be as good as you were in high school, but when you get to college, you better get better. Um, you know, and, and that was my biggest thing. I think I thought I was better than I was. We were actually going to be really good. Um, you know, but I decided to move on and, um, you know, St. Bonaventure at the time was going through a lot of stuff with, you know, they were actually uh, under violations um, from their former staff. And, you know, it's an hour and a half away from home. And, and uh, you know, I kind of wanted just to, just to go back and see if I could change a culture of, of, you know, a basketball city or basketball town. It's not a city, um, you know, and, 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 uh, and do it that way. But I think my biggest thing is like, you know, don't transfer because, you know, things get tough. You know, if things get tough, you got to figure out how to push through. Um, Cause things are always going to get tough and that's in life in general. And I try to preach that to my kids, um, you know, and then if you have certain reasons, you know, if you're there for two years and you haven't played and there's a, guy in front of you and you think you're not going to play then it's then it's all good I don't I don't like the whole narrative of people getting mad about kids transferring it's like look they went to college to play basketball if they're sitting on the bench and they need to go down a level or even across and play I don't understand the problem um you know so I think it's it's writing things down pros and cons just like anything in life and and making sure you're doing them for the right reasons and you know, I've had a lot of experiences as far as my basketball career has gone. And, um, you know, I try to be honest with myself first, um, you know, about my reasons and then give them to the kids and, and players I have. I don't think I've ever heard it put in that way. And I really like it that these kids go to college to play basketball. And yes, obviously they got to go to school, but they, they're, they're choosing a school based on what they want their basketball career to become. And if it's not that, they're searching for something that fits that uh, vision for them. So I love the way you put that. You came upon uh, injuries at the end of your career, and you were going to go play professionally over in Europe, and the injuries kind of stopped that idea or that plan or that goal for you. And so you shifted your focus to coaching. You are now a skills trainer, but a lot of times that has a negative connotation. Do you look at the game as a coach? based off of the great coaches that you've been around, or do you look at yourself as a trainer or how do they differentiate between the two if they do in your eyes? Um, I look at myself as both really. Um, I think you first, you know, there, there's a difference, like there's, there's skills, you know, and, and we break it down all types of different ways. Um, you know, so you got your skills, which is, you know, we call them like raw skills. So your ball handling, like you said, your footwork, your your finishing moves, your uh, ability to shoot, different footworks you may have to get into coming off different catches or pushouts. Um, you know, there's I mean, there's there's hundreds of little skill techniques we do, and then and then you got, you know, your your you know come off pins and and the stuff that everybody runs, and then. You know, I actually love, like, I played for Mark Schmidt. Um, and we, my senior year, I had, I think I had 320-something sets in my journal. 
Um, and, and yeah, and I was a, and I was a fifth year senior. So I wasn't in, I didn't have a whole lot of classes. So I would literally, anything he did, I would write it down. I'd highlight it. And I made sure I knew everything that was going on one. Cause I was a senior who had a new coach and I had to show, look, man, I, I still want to play. I still want to prove myself, you know, um, you know, and I want to show that I'm, I'm, I'm locked in, you know, even if we don't win this year, I'm locked into where this program is going. Um, so I really, you know, and then, I mean, I played for Beeline, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I played for some really, really good coaches and, um, and I, I love X and O. So I try to do a lot of that, you know, and, and with our college guys, you know, like Drew Timmy, for example, um, you know, Drew Timmy, we have Isaiah Stevens, man, A. Smith, Kofi Cockburn. We have some pretty good kids. Those kids a lot in the summers, I throw NBA sets at them, right? So we'll run NBA actions because the spacing's different. They don't know how to play in that situation yet. We do a lot of like pitches, DHO, split reads, um, stuff like that. And and um, so I love X and O's, um, you know, and then I think it's a correlation of everything and putting it together, um, you know, and then understanding how teams use certain guys, um, you know, like with Drew Timmy, he's, he's got the best to me. He's got the best footwork of any, you know, any player in the country as far as post goes. Um, I don't think, you know, he can go up and under reverse pivots you know, step throughs. I mean, he's got it all. Um, so for him, it was trying to get that jumper right. Um, you know, because like you said, man, I, I think what you said was perfect. College coaches' jobs are to win. And that's just what it, that's what it is. That's their job. Um, but some of these guys want to play in the NBA. And my job is to fulfill what their dreams are as players. And then, and then in line as much as I can with the kids and what they run. But, you know, I'm, I'm a dream chaser. So I love kids chasing dreams. And I'm, you know, with Drew, it's like, we got to get this jumper right. We got to, you know, work your feet defensively on, on, you know, coverages. And, um, you know, so there's so many different things. So I, I really just, you know, skills coach, or I, I, don't, I don't even know what it is. I just try to you know, engage as much as I can in the game of basketball, really. Yeah, I would agree because there's there's such a, a weird dynamic of if you throw a certain title at someone, maybe somebody thinks negatively of that person. But what I've seen from you on social media and the different things is that you just know the game, you love the game, and you got a good way about teaching the game. You work with youth all the way up to pros. Now, to me, there's a couple common denominators that – every player needs for me that's footwork and that's the ability to shoot it and then closely followed by the ability to handle it what are the common denominators for you for players yeah i mean i think you hit it on the head i think you know the first thing these days is you know kids ability to shoot the basketball um you know i, th I think if the way the game is going and, and all that stuff, I, I think you've got to be able to shoot it. You got to be able to space it, whether it's off the catch or, you know, off actions. Um, and then the, the second thing, and I, I put back, I put ball handling and footwork almost in together um, with a lot of what I do. Um, I think if you're comfortable with the ball, your feet automatically become better. 
Um, you know, I think if you look at the players in the league with the best footwork, you know, a lot of them have the best handle. Um, and I think there's a direct correlation between the two. So, you know, footwork is, is the biggest thing because you create space, you create angles, you know, and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, footwork and ball handling. But I think it's shooting footwork, you know, and the ability to handle the ball. Do you have a preference for who you work with? I run a number of skills workouts here in Spokane, uh, all the way from from guys like Justinian Jessup, who are, are waiting to go back overseas and play, who was drafted by the Warriors a season ago, to college guys, to high school, to really young kids. Um, I enjoy working with all levels. But they each have their own challenges. Do you? Which one do you like working with best, and why? Uh, I, I mean, my favorite is, is, is always, and will always be Julius, man, just because of kind of where we started and, and kind of the, you know, where he's gone. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's, he's 20, 26, so let's, you know, it's not over. Um, but we've been together 11 years, um, you know, and, and, and that's my favorite because it's, I've been with him so long. We've, I mean, we've been, you know, I've kicked him out the gym. I mean, we've been, we've been through it, man. And, and, uh, you know, and to see that progress and to see where he's come both from a basketball standpoint, but as a, you know, as a father, as a husband, um, you know, that's the best part. Um, but I, man, I, I love all levels. I think all levels have their own, you know, um, differences they have their own you know like my son is is seven um and and I, I love working with him and and I love working with like his little friends and and seeing kids smile I think at that age is a pretty cool thing um you know when we run our thing we run our our stuff pretty cool we you know it's like a big brother system um you know guys come back they you know whether it's middle school kids helping the first through fourth graders or the high school kids helping the middle school kids or our college guys helping the high school or our NBA guys coming back and, and helping, you know, everybody. And, and I think that's more beneficial than anything I could teach the kids. Um, I think when they see it from their peers and they see it from guys they look up to in the role models, I, I think that's the, that's the special part. So that's, to me, that's my biggest enjoyment is is seeing almost the family culture that that we've kind of created in Dallas and and guys care about each other and and the players looking out for each other really. I I would agree. Any good uh, high school program or club program or, or gym such as yours where where guys are working together uh, to get better, the best cultures have the older players or the better players kind of setting the example. And it sounds like you're doing that, you know, on the Julius Randall point that you made when I saw him at Kentucky and I was kind of looking at his game, projecting who it would be as I was thinking a former teammate of mine with the Blazers, Zach Randolph. But what I've seen throughout the course of his career, and obviously you would get a lot of the, the credit is he's become a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands uh, he's, be, he's, he's been more than just what I initially perceived him to be when he was coming into the league. So that would be a, a great example for me of seeing your skill development 
in action. Do you agree with the growth and evolution of his game that I just described? Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, I mean, I'm not a, you go to Kentucky and, and it is what it is. Uh, they, you know, they threw him in the post and, you know, they made him look like Zach Randolph, um, you know, and, and I knew he wasn't that, you know, but that's kind of where he got thrown into and, and he was good doing that role. He was, I think he was 16 and 10, um, but he had so much more, he had such a better skill set than that was displayed at Kentucky, um, which a lot of those Kentucky guys end up showing a lot more skills than they actually have. Um, Devin Booker is another great example. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, there's probably 90% of them, <laughs> you know, I, I just think the way the game is going at that point, you know, I felt that if he just stuck to what we were kind of going towards, um, that he would, he would reach it. I didn't know when he would, um, but I knew if the opportunity came, um, you know, it would have been a learning curve to start. Like, I think the first year in New York was a learning curve. I, you know, I think he, you know, a lot was thrown at him, um, you know, and then he, he really turned it on last year, um, you know, but it's really, man, it's a credit to him. And, and I, I, I've never been a guy, you know, for him, it was, I want to be one of the best. Well, if you want to be the, one of the best, you can't be a role guy. You can't, you can't be a guy that is 12 and eight. And, and, I, I saw a quote from Zach Levine and I loved it was I don't work to be the number two option. And Julius Randle doesn't work to be the number two option. He works to be the number one option. Um, and, you know, so that, that for me, he's worked to be the number one option. He got his chance. And, you know, I think he's proven he can be the number one option. And, and, you know, they obviously made the playoffs and in and, and certain things and, um yeah man if you work like his work ethic is I've never seen anything like it in my life and I've been around thousands of players and I thought I worked hard which I did but I've never seen any player work like he works um and and the kids and everybody that sees it are just amazed at that his work ethic um and he does it in such a humble way and he's just been such a great even for me and I'm older than him by 10 years and he's taught me so much from a basketball standpoint, but more about life and, and how to work and how to, you know, do things. And I probably learn more from him than he ever has from me. When you get an off night where you're not training kids and, and players at your facility, do you prefer to watch the NBA game at college uh, or go to a local high school game? Uh, I mean, it all depends on who's playing. I, I don't miss Julius. I don't miss Julius. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't miss one game last year. I watched every single one. Um, you know, so, I mean, if he's on, like they play tonight in the evening preseason and, you know, we'll be, we'll have it on in the gym and I'll be locked in. Um, I mean, I like watching the best players in the world and, and, and that's the NBA. Um, you know, and, and that's what I enjoy. I, I think college has its own thing. I think college, the atmosphere in college 
is really cool. You know, like where I'm going to bring my family to Spokane and, and, and watch, you know, Gonzaga. And I've never been there, but, you know, I think atmospheres in college are better than the NBA, you know, until you get to the playoffs, um, you know, and I love that about college basketball. Um, you know, like St. Bonaventure has one of the best fan bases in the country um, as far as mid majors go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would always watch NBA, you know, you know, I like watching the best players in the world. And, and if I have that, I would watch, you know, I'd probably watch them. I'm right there with you. I love college basketball. I, I work for a number of different networks during the season uh, as a broadcaster, but at the end of the day, the best players are in the NBA and you can learn so much just by watching uh, even short clips of games and, and finding ways that you can impact uh, kids that you coach or you train. So Tyler, I appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for joining. And if you do make it up to Spokane, we got to connect in person because I want to hear a little bit more about uh, your training passions and, and some of your philosophies because I follow you on social media, like I said, and I think you got some great stuff. So thanks for joining. Man, I appreciate you having me, and I'm looking forward to getting up to Gonzaga. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.